whether or not it's a viable investment, it can probably get confusing and they probably start to run together. So take notes and investigate. Best ever listeners, do you want to make more money on your real estate projects? Well, I'm guessing that I'm hearing you say, oh yeah, baby. (laughs) Well, guess what, my friends? Today's best ever sponsor, Fund That Flip, is working with well, one of our previous best ever guests who has the most po- one of the most popular episodes, Jay Scott. If you aren't familiar with this episode, then go check that out, episode 217. If you are, because you're a loyal best ever listener, then you know that he knows how the heck to both analyze deals, especially flips, how to optimize the profits on those flips and how to look at the market. Because of that, Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has worked with him and put together a guide that is the seven tips to increase your real estate profits in today's market. Go check that out, go get that guide. I've read through it myself. I've learned a lot of things from it, from how to analyze the market cycles, as well as how to optimize profits and not lose money or mitigate your risk for losing money on your deals go check it out fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever that's f-u-n-d-t-h-a-t-f-l-i-p.com forward slash best ever you're going to learn the tools to better understand your local market and position your business for success you're going to know how to analyze the real estate cycle and how to use short-term investing to capitalize on the market cycle and seven concrete actionable tips to make more money on your deals. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out all the fluff. It is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's right, world's longest running. And we couldn't do it without best ever guests like we've got today. How you doing? Adam Sedinger. I'm doing just fine. Thank you for having me. Well, my pleasure. Once we saw your background, which is 10 years of experience in construction and a professional home inspector at House Exam DFW, we had to bring you on the show. A little bit more about Adam's background. He has done home inspections for new construction homes, the vintage homes, and House Exam is a family business It's dedicated to serving home ownership needs from buying to selling. It's in, as the name would imply, Dallas-Fort Worth. Specifically, he's based in Fort Worth, Texas, where I grew up. And this company's website, houseexamdfw.com. You can go check out more information there. That being said, Adam, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Once again, thank you for having me. We really appreciate the opportunity to speak with the best ever listeners. Uh, My pleasure. Our background, we're a family-owned and operated business. And prior to being inspectors, and like I said, it's family-owned and operated. Myself and my dad were the main two inspectors for approximately six or seven years. And we started developing problems with being able to handle the inspection volume that was coming in. So we actively pursued finding other qualified professional inspectors that can help us out with the volume of business that we are experiencing at that point in time. And we had to pursue numerous different methods 
to facilitate that and finding the personnel that we needed, but also we had to pursue different avenues that can generate more business so that we can keep these new inspectors busy for goodness sakes. We've got to keep them busy. Mm-hmm. We, we, we realized that we kind of took a backdoor approach to it. We reverse engineered it, if you will. We said, what do we need to do to attract consumers to our business and our services? And also, what do we need to do to help real estate agents who quite often send us business and referrals? How do we not only find new agents, but how do we make sure that we retain the ones that we have so that we can create that repeat business that is so crucial to so many different businesses? So we thought about it and thought about it. And we figured out that one of the things that sets us apart so greatly from other companies and other inspectors is that we take a lot of time, we take a lot of care with our clients, and we take a lot of care of our agents in the way that we speak to them. It's our company policy to really listen carefully. Mm-hmm. What I like to call is read and react to who you're doing business with. If you don't understand their needs and their emotions, as many people may know, there's a lot of emotions that get tied up, especially with a, a first-time home buyer. They get very frantic. So it's important for us as a company to remain calm and collected when we're talking to our clients because one of the biggest complaints we got in the first few years of doing business is that it's very easy to scare someone. Even though you're trying so hard to deal with them with white gloves, they sometimes they just get scared. It's just a human reflex. You know, these buying a, a home is a huge investment and it's important that they remain calm so that their emotions don't get the best of them. And that is one thing that a lot of our agents who, refer us directly and also insist that their clients use us is because we speak to them in a manner that does not intimidate or scare them. We want to provide accurate and reliable information so that they can make a confident decision, whichever way that might be. So you spend more time. How do you communicate that without sounding cliche? Well, the proof is in the pudding. You know, we allocate four hours for every appointment, every inspection, every property. It gets four hours allocated. Whether or not that's used all the way is up to the property. It's up to the client. We'll spend as much time as we need to after the inspection is done to help that client understand the condition of the property and understand it without a doubt. And that's the only way I know to explain it. It's something that we inherently do out of the pride that we have for our industry, the pride that we have for our company, and the pride we have for our client. Let's talk about inspection issues and perhaps some sneaky things that real estate investors might not pick up on that you want to mention so that we can pay closer attention to these potential pitfalls for property? A few things that come to mind right off the top of my head is fresh paint, (laughs) fresh cosmetic type repairs, 
we can't identify what we can't see. The best thing in the world ultimately is to have a professional home inspection done, but I do understand that there are numerous investors out there that don't necessarily feel like it's a good idea. So I would encourage anyone who feels that way to think outside of the box. It's kind of similar to the drawings that you can't see certain images in unless you unfocus your eyes. If you walk in thinking that these things are just going to jump out at you, they're probably not. I would definitely do as much research on the property. I know all investors do. But the whole idea of walking into a brand new property that has fresh paint and it looks immaculate on the inside, you really don't know until you have a qualified professional home inspector who is trained to find things that are kind of hidden under the rough, go in and identify these issues for them. Okay. So let's talk about some of those things that you're trained to find that can be hidden. What are some of those specific things? Well, maybe overheating breakers. It's not something that most people would do is to literally go in and use your senses, touching something, smelling something that a typical home buyer or investor would do on a regular practice. So one of the things that we do during a home inspection is to take off the cover of the main service panel, which is the electrical panel. And quite often, I'll find myself reaching up to touch a breaker and I'll, I'll touch it and it's very, very hot. You can't see heat unless you have an infrared camera. And by the way, we do. We can actually see temperatures, but you can also use your senses. If you touch something and it's very hot to the touch and possibly even burn someone, then that's not something that you would typically find just by looking at something. I can't think of any other examples right off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's several other ones. All right. Yeah. Overheating breakers. Roughly how many houses have you inspected if you had the ballpark? I would say something in the neighborhood of 7,000. <laughs> okay. That's a bunch. I'm choking over that. I didn't expect it to be that many. Okay. So you've inspected roughly 7,000 homes. Tell us a story about a home that had some unique problems. Well, I'll tell you a story about, this was a new construction home. It was built here in Fort Worth. And the builder was in process of building it. They were at the stage of framing, which is prior to them putting the drywall up. Well, the neighbor of this house had noticed that the, the line for the foundation seemed to be a little bit too close to their own property lines. Well, they reported it to the city, and in fact, the city did find out that, yes, it is encroaching on the easement lines of the adjacent property. So the city made them halt construction with no roof covering on. And this was back last year when we had all of the rainstorms ongoing for like two or three weeks in a row. Well, this was a multi-million dollar house and it sat exposed to the elements and to the weather with no roof covering for approximately eight and a half months. Mm. Well, what ended up happening is all of the wood framing members, all of the structural components were damaged from moisture. So I was brought in to document everything that had been damaged on this huge multi-million dollar property. And they ended up actually, they sued the bank, they sued everybody. Everybody got sued pretty much. <laughs> but that was one of the, the more interesting projects that I've had the opportunity to work on. 
And as far as I know, they are going to pretty much have to knock the house down and start over. Oh my gosh. If you had the ballpark, how much they had put into that house at that point, what would you say? I would say upwards of five to six million. Oh my goodness. They had already put in, you think, five to six million? Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I'm hyperventilating a little bit just thinking about that scenario. All right. When you go into that sort of situation, who hired you? It was the buyer. So there was someone who was buying this house? Yes, it was under construction. They had paid cash up front for it. Oh, so it, was a, it wasn't even an investor or developer. It was just a family. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. Even worse. Okay. I say worse because I would think maybe a developer would be able to withstand some of that. Eh, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's a billion-dollar family. Who knows? Okay. Well, what was that like when, from a communication standpoint, telling them about the issues, knowing that they had sunk five to six million in it already? Well, it was tough. As much emotions that go into making such a large investment these days, it was not only tough for me to be the bearer of bad news, but literally you feel bad for the person that for lack of a better word, maybe got taken advantage of a little bit, but it opened my eyes to what is out there these days as far as what you can find and what you might run into just from a business standpoint and providing services like we do to general public and consumers. But it was painful for me, probably not nearly as painful for the person who had lost all their money you know, on the, on the investment. I would agree with that statement, definitely. I think they would agree with that too. Okay, so we've talked about overheating breakers as being something hidden. We've talked about a story of a very unique scenario. We hope that is a unique scenario that doesn't happen many times over. What is your best advice ever for real estate investors? And knowing you have a background of looking at over 7,000 houses and you can't say hire an inspector. We've got to go a little bit deeper than that. <laughs> yeah, well... The best advice I could come up with on the spur of the moment is to literally to investigate, investigate, and investigate the property. As many properties as the investors these days have to look at to consider whether or not it's a viable investment, it can probably get confusing and it, they probably start to run together. So take notes and investigate. One of the really good tricks that I've come across in the, the past eight to 10 years is to access all the public information you can. That's why it's public. So what I'm talking about is calling the local city hall, whatever city it might be in. We'll use Fort Worth as an example. There's property information or any type of renovations or updates that have been made to existing properties to city hall downtown. So when you're investigating a new property, you can call the city hall and request information on permits. It's a common misconception that people think you don't have to have a permit whenever you make any major update or upgrade in your home, such as replacing a water heater, replacing an electrical panel, replacing an air conditioning system. You need to go downtown or whoever's doing it, the homeowner needs to get a permit from the city so that the city can come back and check out to make sure that the, the safe and proper installation that meets the current standards. Mm -hmm. So what happens in traditional real estate transactions, when we 
find that there has been updates or upgrades made to a property, we recommend to our client to check into that, look that information up, obtain the records for the property. And what happens more often than not is that our client, they gain a little bit of leverage in the transaction, which helps them. <laughs> mm -hmm. If permits were not pulled, the current owner's responsibility to obtain those permits. And if you haven't ever had to do that, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and they can do that retroactively? I mean, that's something, if you're in negotiation, you'd be like, hey, I know you did these updates, but you didn't pull the permits, so now you have to go back and pull them, and that's possible? Yes, sir. And what the city can do is, depending on what side of the bed they woke up on that day, they can either say, rip it out and put it back like it used to be, if they want to, they could issue some fines. It's possible that they could just say, do this and that and the other, and it will meet the current standards, and you're fine. But it really depends on what side of the bed they woke up on that day. Well, I guess you want to be careful then, because if you're planning on buying it, and you know that there's no way the seller's going to have time to get the permit. So really, you're using this as a point of leverage. You want to be careful not to tell the city too much about, well, you don't want to tell them that renovations happen. You simply want access to the records that are with the city and then cross-reference that with anything that's been done as told to you by the seller. And then you can determine what has or hasn't worked. That way you don't tip your hand, right? Well, not necessarily. They don't really do any type of retroactive checkups. They've got so many jobs and so many properties to look at and manage that they're currently doing on ongoing projects. So they don't backdate things. Like, for instance, if I was to call and say, I want to buy this house, and I give them the address and say, are there any permits on file? They're not going to run out and go check on that house or anything. But if, in fact, the transaction happens and it closes and then the road, their air conditioner goes out or whatever it might be, well, if the new owner goes down to pull permits, what's going to happen is at that point in time, the city inspector is going to come out to take a look at it to see how it sits and they will compare the records that they have on the history of the house. And if they find something that doesn't match up with the records they have, that's when they have a problem. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of buying a primary residence with my fiance, and I'm going to use this little tip of yours. I'm going to call City Hall because I hadn't called City Hall about the permits. I know they did some work, even though the due diligence period for me has passed so I'm, I wish we would have had this interview about two weeks ago, <laughs> two weeks ago, but now I'm just curious. So good stuff. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages and talks to your tenants, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day -day stuff? Well, there's a better way, and that better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One We'll have the conversations over the phone with your tenants whenever they have issues. And it's also a way where the tenants can pay you directly through an online service. Go to securepayone.com or even better yet, shoot them an email. The email is info, I-N-F-O, at securepayone.com. That's I-N-F-O at S-E-C-U-R-E-P-A-Y-O-N-E.com. And they've got a free 30-day trial for you. Securepay1.com. What's the best ever book you've read? The best ever book? Um, 
I've always been a big fan of the Holy Bible. I just love it. Best ever personal growth experience. What'd you learn from it? Hmm. I think it was probably when I decided to transition from construction to home inspection. So instead of working on a house and performing repairs, it was transitioning from that into doing home inspections. And I learned how hard it is to actually go from working for someone to working for yourself and working for a business. And I learned to value time. Time is everything. And when you're running your own business, you don't have a whole lot of it. So I learned time management. Best ever way you like to give back? We, as a company, like to provide services to low-income families. We were, uh, about two, two and a half years ago, affiliated with Easter Seals. And my dad actually headed up a lot of the projects. But if you're not familiar with that, Easter Seals helps families low-income situations and in some situations disabled. And we take a lot of pride in being able to do that for those families and help out low-income families and disabled families help improve the quality of life in their home. What is the biggest mistake you've made in business? I'm having to think about that one for a second. (laughs) I guess not planning enough in the very beginning, because if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. And that's one thing I didn't grasp very well in the very beginning of the time when we started house exam inspection. We didn't do enough planning to account for growth and changes that might come about with changes in the economy back in 2008. We didn't do enough planning for things that might just come up. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Definitely our website at houseexamdfw.com. All right, Adam. Over 7,000 homes you have inspected, and we have gone through some really good tips from the overheating of breakers, you got to pay attention to that, all the way to if you're looking at a house, as you said, investigate, investigate, investigate. And specifically, one way of doing that is calling City Hall and asking for all the permits on file for that property and seeing if what they've done has been permitted. Otherwise, you might be in a little sticky situation if it's not. And then I could interview you on Situation Saturday where we talk about those sticky situations, but you don't want that. You want to have that call into City Hall and get these permits done or identified. That way you can avoid that messy scenario. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Are you an investor who self-manages and talks to your tenants, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day stuff well, there's a better way, and that better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One will have the conversations over the phone with your tenants whenever they have issues, and it's also a way where the tenants can pay you directly through an online service. Go to securepayone.com, or even better yet, shoot them an email. The email is info, info at securepayone.com. That's info at S-E-C-U-R-E. P-A-Y-O-N-E dot com and they've got a free 30-day trial for you. Securepay1.com.